Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commission, coming up on the midnight hour, as I normally do when it comes to these shows. Just got finished watching game four of the NBA Finals between the Warriors and Celtics. I will say this much. This was a pivotal game for both teams. The reason being is because we know that the Golden State Warriors didn't want to go back home down 3-1. However, we understand that strategically, Boston needed to win this game to give them the leg up when it was time for them to go back to San Francisco. So if we're thinking into the future, if we're thinking hypothetically, if we are trying to figure out who has the advantage moving forward, if Boston were to win 3-1, obviously they would be going back to San San Francisco with a chance to win the finals. Now that's obvious. I call it I call it a pivotal game for because we have to believe that if the Celtics did win this game, then it'd be a question of which game would they win to win the series. So you would figure game six should it go to game six, then you could pretty much seal the deal there. But now it's tied to a piece. Both teams have won two games. And they're going back to San. So now it's the best of three. If it goes to Game 7, of which the commission himself has already predicted, going to Game 7, in spite of liking the Celtics' chances of winning that game, you don't want to give the Warriors that opportunity for a chance to seal the deal there at home. You don't want to give the Warriors any ammunition. Going back to San Fran, for Game 7 to allow this Warriors team that has now been energized, this Warriors team that now believes that they have everything in place, in spite of what we probably didn't see from Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole and Gary Payton II and even Draymond Green. And you know, the narrative about this team, this Warriors team, had a lot to do with what Draymond Green didn't do or maybe did too much of but regardless of what we believe the antics were for Draymond Green the point is still the fact that he does not contribute offensively that doesn't take away from what he might do on defense he's known to be a defensive fit for that team against the opposing teams but there's so many people that feel as though Draymond Green is such a thug on the court that maybe the word thug was not mentioned the commission is going to mention it because I think the way he plays basketball, especially in the finals, it has to be rugged. It has to be aggressive. It has to be excessive. It has to be to the point where now I'm in your head and I'm trying to throw you out of your game for leverage. Now, we didn't see too many players back in the day do this, but we know there were some that did. We, we can remember the 80s with the Detroit Pistons, the bad boys. We know what they were capable of doing. We knew what they were doing even then when playing Chicago for the Eastern Conference Finals. So we, if you're a fan of basketball, you're familiar with what these players are capable of doing in such situations just to psychologically take you out of your game. 
if you can psychologically take somebody out of that game, physically, you've taken them out of the game. Nobody goes on a hot streak when their mind is not in the game. I believe it was the late John Madden that said that 50% of the game is 80% mental. Not I can't say he coined the phrase, but I can remember him saying in an interview that it's not so much the physicality of the game you got to be concerned about. It's the mental. It's the psychological part of the game. Too many turnovers for Boston. Their losses came because of the number of turnovers that they had in games two and now in game four. If you're going to beat Golden State, if you're going to win a championship against Golden State, you have to, of course, minimize turnovers, but you you have to execute offensively. We're not trying to find the extra pass. You're not trying to find somebody open. You're not trying to force the shot. You're not trying to force it into a player that's not even looking for the ball. You can't get clumsy with, with the dribbling. You can't. You can't rely on other people to think they can bail you out when you make the mistake. Don't make the mistakes. Don't make the mistakes against this Warriors team. You're giving them life. It's not to say that the Warriors were not capable of winning, but we all know anybody that's been watching this particular series between Boston and Golden State, there's a number of us out there that would believe that Boston is the better team on offense, in spite of the fact that Steph Curry finishes game four with 43 points. Now, if you're thinking about the series itself in a way where it comes down to just points, Steph Curry evidently will get his share of points. He will get his share of shots. Steph Curry took 26 shots. And he took 14 shots from three-point land. So you put that together, we're talking 40 shots. He had 26 shots. He had three from... He had he was seven from 14 from three-point land. This guy's going to take his shots. On top of getting 10 rebounds himself, Steph Curry, shout out to him, knew what he needed to do to win this game. He knew what he needed to do to win this game. If it meant having to take 40 shots to get this team to win, he was going to do it. Klay Thompson has a fairly better game with 18 points, even though he was cold in the first half. He still finished with 7 for 17 on the field, 4 for 10 for three-point land, that's Clay Thompson. This is a different Clay Thompson. This is not the same guy we saw prior to 2019. Let's make something clear. If Clay Thompson was 100%, let's just say he was even 80%. This is a different game altogether. They might have blown out the Boston Celtics. But 18 from Clay, 17 from Wiggins. Shout out to Andre Wiggins. We don't, excuse me, Andrew Wiggins. We don't give this man. Actually, that's not true. It's not we. <laughs> it's not we. It's me. The commission does not give Wiggins the props that he deserves. He is pretty much the X factor here on this team. No, Andrew Wiggins. This is a 3-1 game going back to San Fran. Best believe. Andrew Wiggins had himself a game with 17 points, 16 rebounds, along with two assists. 
43 minutes on the floor. They need him to be the second guy to go to as opposed to Clay. Clay's the man, but Andrew Wiggins right now is the hottest man next to Steph Curry. And it seems as though for the next three games, should it go three games, he will be the contributing factor to what this Warriors team becomes over the next few games. Because best believe, Boston will go back to Golden State. And I gotta believe Golden State will be on a surge. Golden State understands where they are now. Physically, mentally, in preparation for what they need to do to win. And I gotta say it is, I'm sorry, this game four might be the best game of the series. Why? Because the refs decide to let these guys play ball. Both teams were getting fouled left and right. Some questionable calls, yes. But this might have been the first game where they just let these guys play. And the proof is right there. Given what Golden State did, you still get 14 points from Jordan Poole. You get six points from Looney, five points from Gary Payton second. Otto Porter and Draymond Green were inefficient. Okay. But it's still the fact that on a day where you know Steph Curry is hot, on a day that you know that Steph Curry is determined, on a day that you have everybody rooting for this man to win this game, the Boston Celtics had to realize, in spite of the accomplishments you did in game three, Game four was going to be completely different based off what we knew Golden State was going to do. And in spite of the fact that you didn't get all the calls your way, there were a lot of calls that you did end up getting that kept you in the game. But why could we take advantage of it? Why was the fourth quarter such a struggle? And I think that's in large part because when it was time for them to make shots, they couldn't. When it was time for them to execute on offense, they couldn't. So you got to give a nod to that defense of Golden State. And Golden State wins the game. Game four by 10, 107 to 97. I'm not going to sit here and talk bad about Boston. Although it was Boston's game to win. We have to minimize turnovers. We have to eliminate as many turnovers as we can to win a game, to win the finals. Both games they lost came after having 15-plus turnovers in that game. We know what the problem is. It's not the shooting, per se. It's the lack of effort on offense. It's the undisciplined play on offense. It's when you have unforced turnovers on offense. There's just no need for it. It's, we're at a point now where we understand the team that we're playing against. And I'm emphasizing we because there's a part of me that just emotionally and spiritually 
is connected to this team. Sad as it sounds, the commission is there. I feel these guys playing hard and coming up short. But we're coming up short because we make foolish plays down the road. When it really matters most, you had a five-point lead at halftime. Sometimes it's just no excuses. And for what Jason Tatum wants to do, that they're not letting him do, in spite of his 23 points, you still have to stay focused in that game. 11 rebounds, that's a good game for Jason Tatum. But he probably could have had 33 points if he just took himself away from what the refs didn't do and just focused on his game. Commit to those, uh, commit to those layups. Commit to those shots. Don't hold back. Don't look for the foul calls. Know your opponent. Know who you're up against on defense. Don't bring the ball down low. Don't try to put people in the hospital by knocking them in the heads with your Just play your game. I, if there's one thing I can say about Jason Tatum right now that really drives me nuts is that I think it gets to a point where Jason feels like he has to do more than what he's been doing to try to win the game. If it's not your game to win, let your teammates do it. Let Jalen Brown be that lightning rod. Let Derek White be that lightning rod. Let Al Horford be that lightning rod. Let Marcus Smart be that lightning rod. There are guys, there are guys on this Boston Celtics team that can carry the load when your main man is not playing to his peak. And even though Jason Tatum was the high score for the Boston Celtics team, he still had some bad plays, some horrible turnovers. Not that there's any good turnovers, but there's just some turnovers that you just shook your head and said, why? Jalen Brown, same thing. Why? Derek White, what are you thinking? Why? Why are we doing these things? In midst of how you're playing, as close as the game has been, why would you make those type of plays? Why would you force those passes in there knowing that you're throwing them into trees? Why throw cross court? Knowing these guys are deflecting the ball and scoring points off of those turnovers. It's the turnovers that kill them. I can live with missed shots. Sometimes it's just not your game. I can remember the 2010 finals between the Celtics and the Lakers. And Ray Allen, shout out to Ray Allen, had a sensational, sensational game one against the Lakers. I think he scored over 30 points. Probably had about 10 or 15 threes. Game two had nothing. Nothing. This is Ray Allen. Soon to be Hall of Famer Ray Allen. Championship winner. Ray Allen had no point second game. And if he finished with anything, he might have finished with two. But he had nothing on the field to contribute to that team and that loss against the Lakers. See, the point is this, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes we have to live with the loss if the shots just aren't there. If the shots aren't there, what can you do? Who do you point the finger to? Sometimes the shots won't fall. I can look at this lineup right now for game four and just tell you that I probably would have seen more from Al Horford, eight points. I would love to see more from Grant Williams. Where'd he go? He only had three points. I'm not expecting more out of all these other guys because they don't really play. Daniel Tice is an afterthought. 
mean, if, I, if, I, if I'm head coach Ime Adako, I'm, I'm thinking about rotating him in too. But there's a reason behind this madness that's going on in Boston. And I do want to see how they improve the next few games, especially game five. Everybody says that game five is pivotal. I, I don't want to think that game five is pivotal. I have to believe the pivotal game was game four. Because strategically, where we sit now with Boston going back to San Francisco, who's to say if any of those calls go their way? I hope they're not expected for these calls to go in that direction. Boston's going to be severely disappointed if they feel as though they can go into San Francisco Try to draw those fouls and not get them. Play your style. If you got to make jump shots for the remainder of that game without having to go to the rim, let somebody else do it. If it's got to be Derek White, let him do it. If it's Peyton Pritchard, let him do it. Whoever is willing to go to the rim, Jalen Brown, if he's got to do it, let him do it. If you got to let Robert Williams III crash down there, down low, and out hard, let these guys do it. Let these guys play their game. So that the backcourt with Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and Jayla Brown be able to execute their game. I think it's the only thing that can save them outside of the turnovers. You minimize turnovers, commit to better shots, they can put up 20 on these guys. And I know this. The commission knows this. There's nothing, even this game is not going to dissuade me to believe that the Boston Celtics is not the best team on the field or on the court. In my eyes, there's at least six people, six players for Boston that go out there and hit threes. At least six. You can challenge it all, all you want. I saw how they played against Brooklyn. I saw how they played against Milwaukee. I saw how they played against Miami. I'm looking at how they play against Golden State, and it's practically effortless when you got these guys red hot. For those that watch game three, hello. For those that watch game one, it was just a matter of finding the right guy to commit those shots. I say all that to say this. In spite of the loss Friday night against the Golden State Warriors, I can live with it. The commission's not bitter at all. Of course I wanted to see my boys win. They should have won that game. But I expect Steph Curry to go out there and save his team. I expect him to put up 40-plus points. It was just amazing how he just threw most of those shots up and made it. But by now, I'm not so surprised by what Steph Curry can do. I'm more disappointed that the Boston Celtics didn't do more for themselves on defense. And then once they had played good defense, minimize those turnovers. Lose those turnovers. Make better passes. Play better on offense. This could have been a win for Boston. Poor execution, undisciplined on offense, would kill them. Now it's a three-game series, which is what I predicted anyway. I have Celtics in seven. None of this shocks me, and it shouldn't shock anybody else that's listened to the sound of my voice. This is the NBA Finals. The two best teams in the NBA are playing their hearts out. 
They're playing their tails off. And this is not for bragging rights. This is to prove to the world that you should not underestimate a team like Boston any more than we should overestimate a team like Golden State to go in there and just take the finals from Boston. So says the commission. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. Hope everybody had a great week going into this weekend. Much going on. I had to try to silence my phones, my ringers, and the people not disturbing me about the game. Listen, I get it. These games are all tight. These games are impactful. These games are monumental. These games are critical. This is a must win for each team when they take the field or when they take the court. Game five, if Boston should win game five, regardless of what they think and feel, it'll be interesting to see how they play game six in Boston. I want to see a better team for the next few games to be. If it has to go six, great. If it's got to go seven, I just want to see more of a commitment. I want to see better discipline from this team, Boston Celtics, of course. I am not getting off the bandwagon. I am not letting down my Celtics. I'm riding these guys out to the final game, to the final horn. I just believe in my mind, Boston is the better team. In spite of what people want to say about the Golden State Warriors, Boston is the better team. Boston plays better defense. Boston plays better against Steph Curry. Steph Curry will get his points no matter what happens because he's supposed to. It's what you do with the rest of that team that makes the difference if you're going to win that game or lose that game. And for Friday night, they lost that game, but by 10. Each game they played has not been close. And I don't expect for the game to be that much closer going down the stretch. I'll leave it at that. You are listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am the commission. I want to thank those that have been listening to this show to this point. means that much to me. It really does. A little upset. But I'm humble. Because I saw a good game, game four. I saw a game that Boston should have won. They didn't. I expected the Warriors to win, and they did. So let's see what happens for the next three games. I'm going seven. I'm still sticking with seven. It's it's a dog fight. But the Warriors are improving with every game that they play. And that's what makes me nervous. That's why game four was pivotal. Because if they're up 3-1, then it's their series to lose. It's their finals to lose up 3-1. Now you've given the Warriors life. I don't know what's to come. All I know is that the Celtics have the potential top potential to take it in seven or sooner. I will transition from the NBA and going to the NFL for just a few minutes. I can't help but listen to the radio. I can't help but listen to digital radio. I can't help but listen to social media or read up on social media when I hear about Deshaun Watson these days. Keep in mind something, ladies and gentlemen. I love Deshaun Watson like a brother. 
I saw the highs and lows when he played at Clemson. I saw him win the championship at Clemson. I saw how the Texans took him with open arms. I saw how far he took that team a few times into the playoffs. And I still think to this day, outside of what's going on legally, he's still one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, bar none. You can challenge me all you want. You can walk up on me and on the street, challenge the commission all you want. Deshaun Watson is a top 10 quarterback. What's hurting Deshaun Watson is not the players or the teams that he goes up against. It's him. Deshaun Watson needs to grow the blankety blank, blank, blank up. This is disgraceful. Whether you are a Deshaun Watson fan, blood family member, this is not what you want to see for one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You don't want to see your career tainted, destroyed over the foolishness, the buffoonery, the, 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 the harassment that you place on these women, whether it's true or not. This is unacceptable. There's nothing about what you've done to this point that should make anybody that's a fan of Deshaun Watson feel any better knowing that he may not even play this upcoming season. He might have had a fighting chance if the allegations that were out there were about the 22 or 23 women that stood tall, came forward, and challenged Deshaun Watson in court. But now, since then, there have been more women to step up. What the hell's going on? What the hell are you doing, Deshaun? I mean, don't let don't let the NFL, don't let the money go to your head. I know it's late. I can only wish that he could listen more to the commission. But come on, you are a talent that these teams need. And you are in a position to ruin that over some foolishness with some women. And the women have every right in the world to complain. They have every right in the world to scream harassment. They have every right in the world to take you to court. Because the things that you do are not professional. And outside of the fact that they're not professional, they're amoral. They're just some things you're not supposed to do with women. There's some things you're just not supposed to do with anybody. Women, men, it's just amoral. There's no reason why we should be getting up the next morning to hear that Deshaun Watson now has other ladies that are willing to contest, testify that they were sexually harassed and molested by this man. Quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And if you're a Cleveland Brown executive, (laughs) and I say this with all due respect, I wouldn't be surprised if you're in some dark room in your house with bottles of gin and cognac around your feet and your eyes are bloodshot red. You don't know what day it is. You don't know what time it is because you just invested the whole world on Deshaun Watson. $235 million. $235 million on Deshaun Watson that may not even see the field this season. You have burned your bridges with Baker Mayfield 
and you have no clue how this offense will run. Now they can feed, they can feed you BS all day long. They could at this point they'll they'll sell whatever they have to to get you to believe that this Cleveland Brown team will be productive this year. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You have ruined what progress you've made over the last few seasons. It's almost like for the steps you took to get forward, you've taken all 10 or 15 steps you back. This is pathetic. This is horrible. And I blame the Cleveland Browns organization for not doing a better job of solidifying your season, putting all your eggs in a proverbial basket and giving it to Deshaun Watson take over a team in spite of the legal allegations he still has not succeeded from. This guy can miss the entire season. It looks like it's going to be that way. And then what are you going to do? Doesn't make a difference who you pick. Doesn't make a difference who you drafted. Doesn't make a difference who you picked up in free agency. This season is over before it even started. So says the commish. You have been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. What an evening for sports. Shout out to the Rams re-signing Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup to big-time contracts. I don't have the numbers in front of me. It doesn't matter. They're still on the team. I will talk more NFL football. Best believe when that time comes. I want to thank everybody for listening to my show to this to this point. At this moment, means that much to me. I will do it all again soon enough. With that being said, I hope everybody has the best of weekends. Stay safe out there. Do what you got to do. Enjoy yourselves. To all the Puerto Ricans out there, Puerto Rico, I know this is your weekend for the parade. Enjoy yourselves. Be safe out there. With that being said, I'm going to end it just that way. Enjoy that weekend. Might be a little messy weather-wise, but take care of yourselves. Peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated when you can. And I'm out.